Welcome to a new episode of History Over Coffee, a podcast brought to you by the History Department here at Marshall University. Here we bring you a 10-minute recap about the historical significance of this day in history. I'm Dr. Manami Guha, and today I am once again joined by Dr. Chris White to tell us about the significance of November 22nd. Welcome, Dr. White. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So, first off, historical significance of November 22nd. So, 60 years ago, November 22nd, 1963, is uh, the date in which President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, while mm-hmm. he was on a, uh, basically, a, uh, a tour through Texas that was supposed to last a few days, and mm-hmm. it was really about trying to kind of raise the profile of his administration before going into uh, the following year, which was going to be uh, his reelection campaign. Mm -hmm. And so um, he had gone basically uh, to, you know, he visited with various uh, high profile Texans. He was on his way to a place called the Trade Mart and Mm -hmm. uh, he was supposed to be there a few minutes uh, after the actual assassination took place. That was the goal. He was going to go there and give a speech. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he was cut down in uh, in broad daylight uh, mm-hmm. in front of you know many people who were on Dealey Plaza, this little plaza there in the middle of uh, of downtown Dallas, and um, and by what seems to be a lone gunman, and of course uh, then two days later that lone gunman himself was gunned down on camera. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that people had actually seen an assassination take place on camera. The, the Kennedy assassination uh, took place uh, off camera. People were filming it, but it didn't actually happen on live TV. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jack Ruby's assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald, that took place on camera. And so people started to try and kind of wonder, you know, what's the purpose? Uh, why would that happen? You know, unless mm-hmm. there was some type of a, a cover up attempt. And then very quickly afterwards, you have these alternative explanations, even though all of the physical evidence pointed to Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, there were um, there was a lot of speculation and disbelief uh, mm-hmm. that, that led to all these conspiracy theories, and that's a big reason why it's become such a significant date. Mm-hmm. Um. So while we were talking right before we started recording this podcast, and you said that this was the most significant assassination, hasn't been the only assassination in world history of a political leader. But, you know, why should we still talk about this assassination 60 years after it happened? What is the significance? So we can really look at a variety of assassinations and try and see why this one stands out. And of course, in Mm -hmm. terms of the impact on history, you could argue that, you know, the Tsar Alexander II in 1881 being assassinated, that's super important. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, um, uh, June 28th, uh, 1914 in mm-hmm. Sarajevo, um, that probably mm-hmm. had a bigger impact on the world. We're still feeling right. the repercussions of it today. Right. But for Americans, uh, the assassination of JFK um, is this big kind of uh, litmus test almost. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe in the official version of events, um, the, the, the official version that was produced by the Warren Commission that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman on Dealey Plaza that day, and that he was the only person responsible for the assassination. If you believe that, then you're in one camp, and uh, you're about among maybe 25 to 30 percent of Americans. And then the other uh, part of the country 
believes there was either a conspiracy or maybe they believe that um, that that just that the official version doesn't hold water. And so uh, it becomes this uh, kind of source of, of, uh, of tension among mm-hmm. Americans, where if you believe the official version, then you're somehow uh, gullible, you know, uh, and uh, and you don't understand how the U.S. government works. But on the other hand, if you believe in um, the conspiracy theories or or you disbelieve the Warren Commission, mm-hmm. then um, then you could be lumped in with the conspiracy theorists, too. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there who are who believe in really spacey uh, theories about this. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, I'll tell you where I land on this. I am really about, I have three standards in my classes. Um, and we've talked about this before. I believe we all have to agree that there are certain facts that mm-hmm. we should be, standards of facts that we should mm-hmm. have. So if you say, well, you're gullible for believing the Warren Commission, then mm-hmm. I say, well, okay, then what makes your, version better you know it's we none of us were there at the time we kind of have mm-hmm. to go off of what the researchers had to say and what the Sapruder film uh, shows us as well but even so it's very difficult to know exactly what happened unless you do a lot of work on this so what makes alternative versions better mm-hmm. if they don't if it's not based on facts if it's not based on you know the gun itself the, the shells the placement of the person if you if we can't agree on those then we really can't have a discussion now, right. And secondly, secondly, we have to know who the authors are, you know, the authors of, of who research this, mm-hmm. um, if they don't have the background that's necessary to come to the conclusions that they're coming to, for example, mm-hmm. they're not using verifiable sources, mm-hmm. then why should we listen to them? On the other mm-hmm. hand, if they do, then we can lend them some credence, um, mm-hmm. or at least we can listen to them. And then mm-hmm. third, falsifiability. If you make a claim and but you're not willing to have that overturned with new evidence mm-hmm. then why should we listen to your version of events and right. i believe that the people who people like the speaker who's coming next week philip sheenan he meets all that criteria mm-hmm. because he is really just about trying to understand based on the available facts what happened mm-hmm. on that day and his mm-hmm. conclusion is that lee harvey oswald was the lone gunman on dealey mm-hmm. plaza Mm-hmm. Despite what other people say, that's all the evidence points to him. But he says that there are loose ends that the Warren Commission didn't follow up on that they should have, namely about possible collaborators or encouragers mm-hmm. that he had possibly in Dallas and possibly in Mexico City. And so mm-hmm. he actually interviewed people uh, that that said that that um, at the time that said uh, that um, during the, the weeks and months after the assassination that actually did believe that there were cons- uh, collaborators uh, with Oswald. And that's what I think is even a more fruitful discussion. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So talking about this author, Philip Sheenan, who is coming to the Huntington campus here at Marshall University on the anniversary of this assassination, um, so what have been, and I know you teach this as part of, you know, major component of your conspiracies in history class. Um, what have been the major sort of theories surrounding the assassination that, you know, Philip Sheenan debunks and you also think might not be the truth? Sure. So the the, the, the most uh well-known author in this respect is a guy named Mark Lane, who wrote mm-hmm. several books about this topic. And uh, and then in terms of authors, he's probably the most important one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then maybe equally important is Oliver Stone, because in his 1991 film, JFK, mm-hmm. he basically entertains a whole slew 
of conspiracy theories. And he himself says he doesn't know exactly what happened. He just disbelieves the Warren Commission report. And he really does uh, portray a lot of the things that Mark Lane talks about in his books. Uh, his first one was Rush to Judgment. Um, he portrays those things as gospel. And I'll just point out how what I do in my class is I will look at a uh, a, a, a comment that Mark Lane makes in, my, in his book in 1966, a claim that he makes. And then I'll look at a citation and then I'll go to the citation, which is invariably, it's almost always from the Warren Commission's uh, 26 volumes themselves, the testimonies. And then I do something that he, that his readers in 1966 couldn't do, which is mm-hmm. access the PDF searchable files online of those wow. <laughs> of the, the Warren Commission testimonies. Wow. So he claims that all these people said that they saw a puff of smoke coming from the grassy knoll, which is this place where a lot of people believe there was a second shooter or the real mm-hmm. shooter instead mm-hmm. of Oswald, who was behind Kennedy in the book depository building. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to the citations and the footnotes and you can actually read what the people said. None of mm-hmm. them say they saw a puff of smoke coming from the grassy knoll. What they say is they saw smoke or they mm-hmm. saw something um, that was uh, like looked like smoke, but they always associate it with a police officer um, motorcycle who mm-hmm. rode up on the knoll to try it. Cause there's behind the knoll is a parking lot and there's a fence between the parking lot and the knoll. Mm-hmm. And so what the police officer was doing was he was going to the closest location from where the motorcade was and trying to see if there was a shooter back there but they didn't find one. So there's no puff of smoke associated with a gun barrel that right. any of the testimonies said. They all, oh. when they said puff of smoke or any kind of reference to smoke, mm-hmm. uh, they were talking about this police officer. So I show the students that so they can see how Mark Lane was either misinterpreting or mis, uh, or, or deliberately um, misinforming. Yeah, mm-hmm. misinforming. And mm-hmm. that's just one of many examples that we can look at. Wow. So, I mean, even 60 years later, the controversy still ensues, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Right. right. Well, thank you so much for that quick recap about the history of this historic assassination. Um, So if this episode has intrigued your interest, do search for History Over Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place where you source your podcast from. Please make sure you subscribe to our channel so you never miss out when new episodes drop. If you're interested in a history degree, for example, if you want to work, work further on JFK assassination with Dr. White, reach out to us at the History Department at Marshall University. Visit our webpage at www.marshall.edu backslash history backslash. Thank you so much and we'll see you again next time. Thank you.